0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zubi, in case you didn't know, and today we're going to be discussing a myriad of topics. Today's a solo episode, so sit back, relax, and ready to listen. Before we begin any further, just want to let you know that this podcast is featured on LegitMTG.com. Definitely check them out. They are a really awesome website with a plethora of of content, um, With not only podcasts such as myself, but also a lot of article and written content written by a lot of cool people there. Um, some really in-depth stuff, you know, going to tournaments and deck ideas, you name it, they got it. Uh, they also have a storefront where they sell magic singles and even Yu-Gi-Oh! singles if you're into that. And, you know, one of the cool things about them selling magic singles is anything over two dollars is free shipping you know that's just something you can't beat you know what i mean it's like oh you need to buy two dollars worth of cards oh you know free shipping boom it comes out to two bucks um you know because you you go to other sites and you buy five dollars worth of cards and shipping is like seven dollars just think to yourself yeah screw that you know it's actually funny um before i got featured on the website I, I was looking through. I was actually sorting through my magic collection the other day, and oh god, let me tell you, that is not fun. That's not fun. I've got two hotel boxes. There, it's only only one and a half of them are filled up, and it's mostly just commons, uncommons from Alpha all the way to Shadows over Innistrad to you know some other sets, you know Commander and all that. So as I was saying, I was going through all the places where I was keeping my cards and actually found out that I've ordered a bunch of stuff from legit MTG. They even um, sent me some sticker or something that I have actually plastered on one of my um, deck, my fat packs, which I was just thinking like, Oh, Oh, Oh crap. Because what happened was eventually, eventually I stopped sorting my cards is, you know, and I'm sure a lot of magic players get like this where, you just, you know, oh, everything's in nice, neat order. And then, you know, a new set comes out and you buy a couple boxes and you open them all up and you're just like, ah, I don't feel like sorting them tonight right now. And you just shove them in somewhere and then they stay there for months at a time, sometimes half a year, maybe a year. And then what was, oh God, what sucked was after I was done sorting everything out. Oh my gosh, I had so much crap. What what sucked about it was I found a little box, full, probably with another thousand cards that were completely unsorted, that weren't part of my hotel boxes, and fuck, that really sucked. Let me tell you. Um, so yeah, that was one of the little things I did over the weekend, which, I gotta tell you, I don't know how you people do it, but whenever it comes to just sorting magic cards I just do it at my computer desk I put on some Netflix or Hulu or whatever show just for noise and just sort and sort and sort I'm not sure how other people do it I read um, a lot of people sort it just by color or they sort it by common uncommon I sort it by set then color and because I really like to you know have that I don't know you know, like when you're trying to build a deck and you look up like, oh, okay, this card was printed in this set, this set, and that set. And, oh, okay, I have all these sets separated. Let me go find out where it is. Uh, is. Let's see. So, yeah, that was a little bit of a tangent. So, let's see. Magic Wazoobie can also be found... On Facebook.com slash Magic with Zuby. You can also catch me on Twitter at Magic with Zuby or my personal Twitter at Zubatron. That's Z U B A T R O N. Where else can you find Magic wazubi Oh, other uh, networks you can find Magic wazubi not only on iTunes, uh, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio. Uh, there's no excuse to not listen to this podcast. Uh, yeah, if you got, you know, an iPhone, there's the iTunes podcast app right there. Or if you got an Android, boom, you've got a lot more choices. Google play, which is really good. I I like that when I did have an Android for that little bit of time there. Excuse me. And just got done, got done eating dinner and recording this. Uh, God, it's been a long day. I had a half day of work today and then decided to come home. Um, I had to get off early so I could get my kids off of school because my wife was out busy doing some stuff. And so I got home early and I got, I had an hour to kill. So I decided to mow the lawn oh, yeah, instead of probably play some video games or some magic or something. God, I, f- I feel so responsible sometimes. Um, And so I mowed the lawn, and then we had Tropical Storm Colin come through our area, a.k.a. just a little bit of wind and rain. But we did have lightning strike one of our trees. And, yeah, there was a giant, yeah, I guess it would be a branch. Because it wasn't the whole tree, because the tree itself is like this giant oak tree. And one of its huge branches fell off. And, yeah, my stepfather came and chainsawed that up and just oh god that was even more work so i was just pretty much adulting today and then i grilled some chicken which i got a new grill by the way and i've heard some people on twitter say i should start a new podcast called grilling with zuby but i don't think i would name it that i think i would probably name it how to burn food with zuby because that's all I'm doing right now is just burning my food because I'm just not really aware of you know the grill and the burner and all the temperature. I I gotta figure it out. I haven't figured it out yet. So um where else with Magic with Zuby? I'm just going off on tangents right now. Uh yeah. So that's about it where you can find Magic Wizoobie. Um there's also my other podcast that I have started up with my friend Matt Butler, we call ourselves the Super Matt Bros. We are named aptly named VCR Gaming, which stands for vintage classic vintage classic retro gaming. So we mainly talk about video games. Ooh, ah. And we talk about, you know, games that we're playing, we put challenges on each other. Uh we talk about gaming news that's happening right now, gaming news that's happening that happened back then, um, we talk about some weird games that we may have never played, mainly a lot of Japanese games, which I gotta say what was it episode was it episode one or two? We talked about this weird Japanese game called time Twist, and let's say let's just you know you gotta look it up for yourself. let's just say there's a big reason why it was never released on the Nintendo here in America. It dealt with baby Jesus. Uh, the KKK, Slavery, and Hitler. And yeah, this was a Japanese game. So it's absolutely bizarre. Oh, and Satan and all that too. So yeah. we talk, Like I said, we talked about that episode one or two. I can't remember which one. Uh, Yeah, so VCR Gaming you can find pretty much in all the same places. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We're not on TuneIn Radio yet. I don't think so. I can't remember if we've, applied there yet or not and yeah it like we're four episodes in it's uh, a it's just fun my friend and I the super map bros we just bs with each other and as someone definitely if you're into video games check it out it's really good it's funny so on another thing that I'm actually working on right now a little bit of a quote-unquote network in a sense uh this is just, it's still in its infancy. It's mainly going to be podcast for now, but I am looking for writers and it is called the nerd archetype network. It is a sort of network of podcasts, you know, that are gaming related, magic related or anime related to um really come together and just share all our content, you know, under one umbrella and just get, get our name out there and like I said we've had one podcast join up so far I mean besides Magic with Zuby and VCR Gaming we've had one other podcast join up with us and it is called the anime a by my good friend Alec who was in the previous episode talking about drafting and if I'm not much of an anime fan as much as I used to be I used to be really into anime and then I stopped watching anime and got really into manga and just sort of time went by and I couldn't keep up with it all because there's so many anime and manga I followed week to week and just read them all, watch them all. But even though I'm not into anime that much now, the anime a is actually really good. They, they do a really good job of keeping that visual picture of what's going on in each in each episode so definitely check them out they're on iTunes right now I can't remember if they're I can't remember if they got on Google Play yet or not but yeah you know, like I said check them out uh oh yeah that reminds me of speaking of networks magic mazubi is also found on mtgcast.com a an awesome place to check out all a whole bunch of other magic the gathering podcasts there are a lot out there and it seems like every time I feel like venturing into something new that, you know, a podcast I haven't heard, boom, there's one that, and you know, depending on how it is, if the the thing that really gets me and I can't really talk for myself because I know my audio quality is bad. There's just so many podcasts out there with horrible audio quality. Let's just say, if I have to turn you up enough to hear you, I'm most likely not going to listen to you, but be, that's beside the point. There's, um, a lot of good podcasts out there, a lot of good Magic the Gathering content and podcasts out there, and MTG Cast is the place to go to really check them out. So, getting on to the actual little bit of the meat of the show, I can't remember if I uh, yeah I did talk about it in the last episode that I was probably going to head to a Legacy IQ, and let's just talk about that right away. I went, I came. And I lost. So, hold on. It's got to water the old lips there. You know, talking by yourself for, you know, over 10, 12 minutes long. You know, your lips start to get a little dry and your mouth gets a little parched. So, the Legacy IQ, I will definitely name drop. It's not really name drop, but give a shout out to... The Game Academy in Tampa for hosting the event. They did really awesome. The owner there is really cool. I forgot his name. I want to say it's like Robert or Josh or something. I I really forgot his name. But he was a really cool guy. And I was honestly expecting maybe 10 to 12 people coming to play Legacy. No, we had almost 30 people show up at this Legacy IQ. And I was just thinking... Well, first of all, I was saying, well, it's not going to be that many people, because in my area especially, there's not a lot of people that play Legacy at all. It's mainly Standard, and it's just now Modern is starting to get popular. So seeing that there was this, this many people for Legacy was really exciting, actually. Like, I had no, you know, aspirations or even thoughts that I was gonna, you know, top eight or anything like this. This is my first time playing Paper Legacy you know at an actual real event i've played plenty of online legacy on cockatrice and x mage you know mainly for practice but to me it it's just not the same you know you get that practice and you start to know your deck but you know you go to a comp rel event and you're just not you're never going to know what you're going to up against so since i don't have my elf deck done yet i took my mono green stompy deck so let me go over this deck real quick um do-do-do-do-do. I should have had this ready for you guys. That's my Legacy Elves. Mono Green Stompy. Um, you can also find me on tappedout.net. Tappedout.net is my favorite deck building website. I'm under there, under Zubatron. and I put every single deck that I've ever drafted physically, not, not online. Because if I did that, oh my gosh, I'd have so many draft decks on there, but I have every single draft deck that I've ever drafted physically on there, because I like to do that and just go back and look at what I drafted over the years, because to to me it's kind of fun, but I also have like every casual deck, EDH deck modern legacy standard many standard from previous standard decks previous standards, I guess, yeah, whatever however, whatever the fucking the grammar is, but um, alright so I did change up my mono green stompy deck for this tournament. I was really reading up, you know, how best to really prepare, even though stompy is not really good. Um, because the one card that would make it even better is something I didn't want to drop the money for, since this is really a budget legacy deck. Um, and that card that I'm talking about. Why, where is it? Why isn't it showing up? Berserk. Why isn't it showing up? That's weird. Hold on. Yeah, why isn't it showing up? Oh, I had filters on. Okay. So yeah, usually what I've read up that a lot of mono-green Stompy decks have is Berserk, which is a one-green instant cast Berserk only before the combat damage step. Target creature gains Trample and gets plus, plus X plus O until end of turn where X is its power. At the beginning of the next end step, destroy that creature if it attacked this turn. So usually, you know, you pump it up with Giant Growth or Mutagenic Growth or groundswell and then you play berserk on top of it but i didn't really feel like dropping 90 bucks per card so that'd be what 260 a place for a playset yeah no i didn't feel like dropping that much money so instead my deck turned out to be 10 land stompy which you're you may first think Zuby, why are you playing 10 lands and a stompy deck well let me tell you this here it may be 10 lands, but there's also 4 land grants, which land grants is the you know, one in a green, where if you have no land cards in hand, you may reveal your hand instead of paying land grants mana costs. Search your library for a forest card and put that card into your hand. And even though I'm revealing my hand, and they can write it down, it's pff, I don't care, I'm getting a forest out. You, know, you see what I'm playing, boom, I'm gonna kill you. Um, the creatures that I have are Avatar of the Resolute, which... That stayed in there from a previous, um, sort am looking for revision of it. I should really take that out. There's got to be something better. Was it that that lion, savannah lion, or not savannah lion, um, crap, or tiger? Is that there's some green tiger lion that's better. It's like a 2 1, but can't block or something. Um, dryad militant, dryad militant. Holy crap, even though. God, I only won, like, three games out of the five rounds that I played in. Dryad Militant was definitely a killer card. That every time I had that out, they would try to get rid of it ASAP. Um, Experiment One, uh, Nettle Sentinel, which was a new addition, which at first I was kind of... Because I saw a bunch of other decks have Nettle Sentinel, and I'm just saying to myself, it makes sense, though, you know, because I'm mono green and it's easy to untap. And then I had blah. How do you say this? Skargon Pitskulk. Uh, he turned out to be pretty decent too. He definitely play in the second main phase with his bloodthirst, and then Strangleroot Geist and Young Wolf. Um, I had ten forests. Had Giant Growth, Groundswell, Hunger of the Howl Pack, which I could probably definitely get rid of and maybe put in two more mutagenic growth. I only had two of those. Uh, vines of Vast wood, land grant and rancor my sideboard the one downside to this event maybe i could have done better but i have two dismember written down on my sideboard but i actually ordered some dismembered on tcg player but they never came and you know i I got my money back and refunded but i went to three different stores to see if they had any dismember it it's it's like where did they all go Why, why is dismember all of a sudden just absent so I had a 13 card sideboard so minus the two dismember I had one choke which did I go up against a blue deck oh my gosh out of the five decks I played I didn't go up against a single blue deck oh my gosh that's insane so choke was completely useless for me um, graph diggers cage which that card is real Croson grip which I had no freaking clue <laughs> when you may, some of you people may be hearing this and just thinking, what the fuck? Does he even know what he's doing? No. That's one thing that you have to know about me. I never know what I'm doing. That's my secret captain. I never know what I'm doing. You know, Incredible Hulk style. So, Nature's Claim. Three of those. Tormod's Crypt and Winter Orb. Winter Orb actually went to work for me. That um, That definitely definitely helped me um especially against burn so yeah while the deck itself isn't that great i managed to win three games win one round i mean if you follow me on twitter you'll know which one it is so let's see round one was against burn and i'd never i don't think i've ever faced legacy burn and let's just say i owe two really quick it was, it was really bad it was really quick um yeah, I, it was just, it was bad. I, I wasn't, I wasn't mad or anything. I came in with the attitude of, I know I'm gonna lose. I just really need to get the legacy experience under my belt to just really understand what the format is, what the meta is, what the cards are. You know, because I remember playing with a lot of these cards when I was ki- when I was a kid. But you know, you didn't really put the Put the competitive aspect into them because you didn't really know what the heck you were doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, next round was against Elves, the very deck that I'm building. I gotta say, when I saw um, my opponent do what turn one play, I think what a Bayou then went into Death Deathrite Shaman turn one I actually squealed I'm like are you playing elves and he's like oh yeah I'm like oh this is the deck that I'm trying to build right now and I got really excited and we just started chit-chatting I mean he he beat me easily uh both games he just crater hoofed really fast actually game two he managed to turn two kill me um I can't remember all the lines of play but I was just I just asked him like are you about to crater hoof me He's like yeah I'm trying to and he's like, Why do you want to scoop? I'm like, no, nah, I just want to see the combo. Like, I just do it. I want to see you do it. I'm like, I'm excited. And he was actually a really cool guy. We we chit chatted for a little bit and um and we just talked about, you know, the different you know, the two elves, the 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 regular legacy elves and the chaos elves, and we just talked to all thing elves, you know, modern elves, legacy elves, standard elves and Yeah, he was a fellow Elf player, so it got me kind of excited. Uh, Next round was Burn again. Though I did manage to win a game against him, even though he ended up beating me in games 1 and 3, I managed to beat him game 2 because he... I think he had to mull down to 4 or 5, and he just had nothing. Kept on drawing lands, and luckily for me, I beat him. But, yeah, game 3 was just another miserable miserable game. I mean, it it makes it sound like I'm complaining. It was just one of those. Oh, ow, you're killing me. Ow, you're killing me. Ow, that hurts. I mean, it, it did what burn does, which is just kill you quickly. So the next round, round four, um, by the way, when they posted standings, I was in last place, which that's okay. It's fine. It's I knew, like I said, I knew coming in, I wasn't going to do well. So next game was against dredge. And I've heard all things about Dredge. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever faced it online in all my quote-unquote playtesting. But let's just say game one was over really quickly. He just threw up his deck into his graveyard and killed me. Of course, I let him do it all, like do all the, excuse me, I let him do all the moves. and Because I was just really curious, like, all right, I want to see how this is going to kill me. So I let him do it. And then games two, two and three I put I sideboarded in Graph Digger's Cage. Oh, what else did I, I sideboard in Graph Digger's Cage? Um was it Graft Cage, Tormod's Crypt? Yeah, Tormod's Crypt and Winter Orb. And game two, I managed to get Dryad Militant out, turn one, and then yeah, turn one, Dryad Militant, and Tormod's Crypt turn one and then I was just waiting for him to just basically spit up his graveyard and as soon as he did I just exiled his graveyard um, before he could get, pull anything off because in round in game one I was asking about a lot of the cards like oh what does this card do oh, okay how did you get this out just to you know, for my own sake to try to understand what dredge is doing here and it wasn't manaless dredge it was he had he definitely had mana out and then game three came, and round or round one, turn one, I got Grafdigger's Cage out, and that was just a lockdown right away. He didn't have anything to answer Graf Digger's Cage, so I just beat him down. And I got to say, I was pretty excited. Like on on the outside, I was being all professional and be like, "Oh yeah, good job." Mm-hmm, yeah. On the inside, I'm like, "Oh my god, I just won my first Legacy." round ever and (laughs) i was acting like a little schoolgirl right there but um yeah i was pretty excited and then next round was against death and taxes and let me tell you i don't think there was anything i could do he just locked me down killed my crap and i wasn't mad or anything i was just like oh so this is death and taxes oh okay ow you killed me okay cool I mean, it was still, I, the the one thing I really liked about with everyone was I told them, you know, hey, I'm still really new to Legacy, you know, I'm still trying to learn all the cards and the format and, you know, the meta and all that, and anytime I had a question, everybody was more than happy to show me their cards, show me their deck after the round, you know, because I was genuinely curious, like, alright, so, you know, how do you, you know, what do you put in, or they let me look at their deck, and, you know, and I'm not saying and when you go to modern or standard people are jerks there too, but it I don't want to make it seem like legacy is all you know, we're better than you, or they're better than you, but it was definitely a much more open atmosphere, I guess. Or maybe it was just the group of people there. Because everybody was just really friendly and you know, anytime I had a question they would they would ask and you know, and there was a few times where I guess I misread a card or something, and I'm just, and was like, oh no, it does this. And they're like, oh no, no, well, you see, it does this, this, and that. And then we're, you know, just like, all right, you know, uh, one of them, I can't remember, it was like during a burn match, and I guess I got confused about how, the, what way the stack worked, or it was something. I can't remember. And the, I was just really nice, and I apologized for getting it wrong. And, and I was just a really, it was a really fun time, even though I did completely abysmal, it was just um overall a really fun time and you know, and then I talked to the owner of the store and just asked him like, "Oh, you know what do you guys do for legacy and he told me they have like a small group of people. He was actually I think he was surprised too at the amount of people that showed up. I think it altogether it was like twenty eight people that showed up, so yeah, overall, it was a really good time, and I would definitely be down to do another legacy iq which it's only gotten me more excited to get my legacy elf deck built the oh man here we go so as far as the main board is concerned for my legacy deck hold on i'm gonna just pull up my tapped out my list you can probably guess which cards i'm gonna need uh, Natural Order. I need a playset of Natural Order, which I'm hoping with Eternal Masters coming out, Natural Order goes down. It'll, e- even if it's like a few dollars. I'm, I've got my playset of Glimpse of Nature and Grease, Green Suns. Um, I've got all the creatures except the Two Crater Hoof, which I'm probably going to be buying next. And then, as far as main board goes, I need the Four guys Cradle. Oh God. And the Two Bayou. Two Bayou, I'm not that, you know, worried about buying since I only need two of them. I don't need a play set. Mm, excuse me. Dang, I didn't even eat that much, but I, I don't know why I'm hiccuping and all that shit. Um, But the guy's cradle, I'm just not looking forward to buying those. Um, I'm going to do my best to try and get a deal on them from someone. Even if I got to buy one at a time. I mean, the sideboard is it's like halfway built, but I'm focusing on the main board right now and then i'll focus on the sideboard i like that sylvan library got reprinted and hopefully that will make it go down and for eternal for eternal masters so yeah the one thing that legacy iq did do was just make me that much more excited about playing more legacy and Yeah, like I said, it's going to take me a while to finish my Elf deck, but to me it's worth it. Now that I actually have a place where I can actually go and play Legacy, oh yeah. The only downside is it's about an hour away, but it's worth it. If they're going to have more Legacy tournaments, maybe every couple months, I'm down for it. I'm definitely going. So, in other constructed news, Standard is going pretty meh for me. I don't know what it is, I'm just not that excited about standard this time right now. And it's because even when Abzan was dominating standard, I still could come up with cool decks to play. Like mainly like Jeskai and Teemer and, you know, even Sultai just come up with crazy stuff. And I don't know. I just feel maybe it's only because I'm getting too competitive in standard that I want to do better you know I was playing Bant Company for a while there and then that's been sort of hated out and then now that humans is becoming popular green white tokens is becoming popular it just feels like green and white are extremely powerful right now and if you're not playing those two colors what are you doing Um, I am playing Grixis Control right now and while it's it's fun I guess I mean I've played it a few f and m s and I've done fifty fifty you know when even two and two or three and three or three and two you know nothing great. it's still I don't know just something about it. It just doesn't feel fun. maybe I'm just a little burned out on standard and just too excited about modern and legacy right now, where you know they feel a little bit newer, and standard just feels sort of, eh. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how better to describe it. It's just eh. And like I said, I don't. Who knows? Maybe Eldritch Moon will shake things up, like how Oath of the Gatewatch made Battle for Zendikar cards better. Maybe Eldritch Moon will make certain. Shadows over Innistrad cards better, but we just have to wait and see. Um, Last FNM I went to, I played Grixis Control and lost against Black-White Control. Uh, Lost against Seasons Past. I beat... What did I beat? Um, Green-Black Aristocrats, and I got a buy. So, two and two. So, not that great. Yeah. Oh, what else? As far as standard goes, that's about it. In Commander News, I managed to finally play my rally deck with Munda, the Ambush Leader, is it? Is it Munda? Munda Ally Rampage. Yeah, Munda, Ambush Leader. Which, you know, it's not the greatest commander, which erois is a better commander for, but it was it was just a fun deck to play. Um really it's a it's a beat down deck. Definitely one of those, um, you know, just beat, beat the other person's face. And there's really no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. There's no, you know, cool spells or anything like that. It's just a bunch of, you're playing a bunch of allies that, you know, go off with each other. Every time you play a new one and you just beat face. That's about it. It was fun. I mean, I lost every time I played it, but it was a fun deck. It was definitely fun when I got... Which one was it? Tuk-Tuk Scrapper out. And people would just moan and groan every time I got a new ally out. Tuk-Tuk Scrapper, if you're not sure, is a 3 and a red. Whenever Tuk-Tuk Scrapper or another ally enters the battlefield under your control, you may destroy target artifact if that artifact is put into your graveyard this way. Tuk-Tuk Scrapper deals damage to that artifact controller equal to the number of allies you control. So, there was definitely a point in the game where I got that out pretty early, and then just started getting more allies out, and every time they would try to play an artifact, you know, oh, blew up your soul ring, oh, blew up that, oh, blew up this. Boom. But he died pretty, you know, he died pretty quickly after that. It was still fun, though. Um, The other EDH deck I'm slowly working on, by slowly I mean I'm probably going to buy the cards pretty soon, is a dragon deck. So, I'm kind of torn between what I want to do. Do I want to make it more, I guess, because Scion the Ur-Dragon is going to be my commander, of course. But do I want to make it more, you know, general where I get all the really good dragons and so I could win games? Or do I want to do something a little bit more fancy like I did with my god deck and just use... Because I'm thinking of get Cyan the Ur Dragon, just so I have all five colors, but get maybe just use all the Dragon Lords from Tarkir, you know, both their Fate Reforged copies and then their Dragons of Tarkir copies. Maybe get some of their underlings out. Uh maybe I can also get the the cons from, you know, cons of Tarkir in, just sort of to show that, hey, you know, we were once in power, now the Dragon Lords are. Of course I'm gonna have all copies of Sarkon or Sarkin in the deck, because he basically produces Dragon. Or I was also thinking along the lines of, you know, so I have all the Dragon Lords and the Dragon Lord babies, but also put in the other ones like the the Jun dragons, the three color the other three color dragons, um you know, from Commander and other sets, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But, I mean, I might just go with just pure dragons for all the creatures, except for... No, I think I'm just going to use all dragons. I don't think I want to use anything but a dragon, as far as creatures go, and have all spells re- dragon-related. You know, like Crux of Fate is one of them. So, yeah, there's that. It's I'm still debating on it, and... It's probably not going to be a very good deck. It's going to be a fun deck. Just like my god deck is pretty fun when I get, when I have like 10 gods out and they're all activated and online off each other. That's always fun. So yeah, that's about it for EDH. Is there anything else going on with Constructed news? Um, I haven't drafted lately. Uh, I just haven't had time. Um, The last topic I want to talk about is this has just been something discussed to death probably not going to add anything new to it and it's i've talked about this for a few episodes now and that's mtg esports and now it's talking about the coverage or lack thereof coverage that wizards has decided to input that they're only going to be you know having coverage after a new set comes out you know and pick one grand prix to cover and, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of disdain for that. Where, you know, you really want to try to promote your game. You really want to try to promote esports. But if you're not going to show it on Twitch or YouTube or anything like that, what's the point? Why not just give all the recording rights to someone like Star City Games? You know, can you imagine if... You know, Because I'd always think about that. Because look at StarCraft. StarCraft for example. Um, before. Now this is just going to be my knowledge. Because I stopped following StarCraft. Right about when Heart of the Swarm came out. So my, I think my knowledge. Is going to be a little bit old. Or maybe out of date. Because I know Blizzard now. Has their own. Tournament series like WCS. World Championship series I guess. But. I know before they even came out with that StarCraft you know Blizzard didn't have any really quote unquote official tournament league not like how Wizards does grand prixs and PTQs and pro tours um but StarCraft had a lot of you know other companies providing tournaments you know uh, there was NASL North American StarCraft League DreamHack which is still around um Oh, where were some of the other ones? Uh, I know Team Liquid did a bunch of StarCraft tournaments. Uh, even IGN, I think, did some. I mean, besides the po- that's beside the point of who did it. But why not Wizards do something like that where I feel like they almost need to get away from having any official tournaments or anything like that? And why not just give all the tournament rights. And I I don't even know if you'd call it rights or, or what, or I I don't know the whole legality of it, but why not just have wizards just focus on making the sets and making them as balanced as they can be and give something, someone like channel fireball or star city games, the quote unquote tournament circuit. I mean, it would almost be the best of both worlds when you think about it, because that way, you know those companies can put on the tournaments provide the tournaments and we all know Star City Games puts on the best looking tournaments and they provide the best coverage out there and this isn't sort of like a circle jerk around them but you know it's a it's a serious thought to where why not give them just just give them all the tournaments why not you know not only would that allow them to have themselves grow you know as a company to where hey they could hire more people you know, because there's tournaments on both the East Coast and West Coast and the middle of the United States. And um, you know, that does beg the question for what do they do for Europe and Asia? Since I know there's a lot of an Africa. Do they have Grand prix in Africa? I don't know. Do they have them in South America? Maybe. I don't know. Well, anyways, besides the point, have, why not just give, you know, a company here and there, you know, region control? Like, hey, you know, this company takes over Europe. This one takes over Asia, Africa, ah, whatever, you know. And and it's sort of similar to what Starcraft does, because Starcraft over in Korea has the GSL and Kespa. Uh, is Kespa still around? I don't even know. I don't follow it anymore. I'm all about magic, baby. But um, yeah. So I mean. Like I said, it wouldn't probably be the easiest transition if they did something like that. It would make sense in the long run. That way, we're not having to rely on Wizards for coverage. That would fix the coverage problem. And would also, you know, give, I don't know, other companies a fighting chance that why not have them get better sponsors too. But, yeah, that also comes to the point to where I talked about before where Magic is not the easiest game to watch. And it's not. It's really not. So, I don't know. That was just a really big thought, and that's been a whole big hubbub around online that Wizards just needs to actually, you know, have coverage of these tournaments and, you know, do something about it. Because, them only covering, what, a couple Grand prix a year, and how many Pro Tours are there a year? Like, four, I think, and the World Championships. and it's not enough. It's, Like I said, if you really want to get your brand out there, you need to constantly do something about it. So, like I said, I feel like I've talked about this to death. And I just, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm tired of it. But it just seems like it keeps coming up. And it's just the same people giving the same excuses as to why Blizzard. Not Blizzard. I've got Blizzard on the brain. Wizards isn't doing, you know, the coverage thing. And it's just... It's it's frustrating in a sense. Well, you know, I, I understand that putting on tournaments costs money, but I don't know. It, it's sort of a, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, because since Magic doesn't get a lot of people watching, what's the point? You know, wh- why have these companies keep doing it for, you know, minimal viewers? Uh, I don't know. So what else is going on yeah I figure this is just gonna be a pretty short podcast and not a whole lot's going on in magic with me right now like I said I'm building that legacy deck and standards meh I haven't played modern lately I've been so busy having a house is just um no I mean not not that having a house is bad it's just no I'm just so busy all the time it's it's almost like before where i rented and the tree fell you know a tree fell in my yard i could just call someone and be call the landowner be like hey a tree fell can you get someone to come get it now it's like well shit i gotta take care of it and then we had a tropical storm come by and i'm just thinking well shit let me look up my homeowner's insurance policy and let's see what it covers <laughs> i mean i have the full homeowner's insurance but i'm just thinking to myself oh shit Because, you know, before I would just have renter's insurance and something happened to the house. Be like, hey, landlord, go fix it. And it's not like that anymore. That's what happens when you grow up an adult. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I guess that's it. It's been pretty short. I've been used to a lot of these long podcasts I've been doing. And it's kind of weird not to even have one that's an hour. But, uh, you know what? That's what happens. You know, sometimes shorter is better. Maybe sometime, but yeah, um, just want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. And like I said, you can find me at Zubatron on Twitter. Oh yeah. You can, you can always email me any questions or comments that you have mtgzuby at com. That's mtgzuby at gmail.com. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, have a good, have a good day, everybody, and keep on slinging them spells. All right. I'm out.